Scripture this morning is Matthew 17, 1 through 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the Beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up, and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today's scripture brings us the story of the transfiguration, the moment when Jesus' true identity is revealed to his closest companions. Not long before this passage, Jesus had been trying to get his disciples to truly understand who he is. Just before Jesus and the three go up the mountain, there's a lot of conversation around exactly who Jesus was and who others say that he is. For some time now, Jesus had been trying to get his disciples to understand that he wasn't going to be around forever. In fact, the time when he would be leaving was getting closer and closer. I just love where this story is set within our liturgical year. It is the last Sunday after Epiphany, the season in which, which has brought us clarity and illumination through the arrival of the Magi to Bethlehem, to the baptism of Jesus by John, all the way through to this moment when Jesus himself becomes dazzling white and his face shone like the sun. And while it perfectly wraps up our scripture lessons of seeing ourselves through the light of the world, Jesus, it also is the last Sunday before the beginning of the end of Jesus' time on earth. Next week is the first Sunday of Lent already, with Ash Wednesday occurring this week. Just as the disciples have finally seen him for exactly who he is, they, they now will very slowly come to realize what Jesus means when he says to them, not much longer. On the night that Jesus and Peter and James and John went up on the mountain to pray, what happened was nothing short of a miracle. Moses and Elijah appear on the mountain and begin to speak with Jesus. The implications of this are steeped in Jewish tradition. Much like Moses' face lit up after he had been in conversation with God on the mountain, so Jesus is also illuminated. 
His whole body emitted a bright light. His clothes turned stark white and sparkling. Moses, a reminder of the exodus from Egypt. And Elijah, the prophet expected to return in the end times, spoke to Jesus about what was ahead of him in Jerusalem. Jesus, standing with Moses and Elijah, ties the promise of the Hebrew scriptures into their current culture. The exodus and the end, together on the mountaintop with the Son of God, discussing his imminent departure from this world. There are some verses and passages in scripture that are hard to point out exactly where we might see God. Oftentimes, in the harshness of a situation, or even the subtleties of a parable, it takes a few times of reading and hearing the passage to finally understand where God is in the word. This passage, however, is not one of them. God is absolutely everywhere in these verses. Not only is God present through Jesus and through the appearance of Moses and Elijah, two men who left the earth quite a long time before this day, but, Jesus, or but God actually speaks to Peter, James, and John. Through a cloud, a voice from heaven, much like the voice heard at Jesus' baptism, tells the men who, is, who are standing there that this is the Son of God and they must listen to him. God had to become so obvious because the point of Jesus' ministry was being missed by those who were listening, including the inner circle of disciples. The disciples, especially these inner three, had been hearing for weeks and months from Jesus what his position on earth was. They witnessed as he performed miracles while he was questioned by the Pharisees, while signs were demanded of him. They were hearing from him what was coming, and yet they were not really listening to him. They believed they heard and understood every word, but they were still not getting the point, not getting the weight of the situation that they found themselves in with this man. In order to truly drive the point home, Jesus appeared surrounded by bright light in bright, sparkling clothes. The glory of Jesus literally shines through this story as his divinity is illuminated and highlighted. And Peter, James, and John almost missed it. They were missing the message of Jesus' proclamation of his suffering death and resurrection. But the importance of God's message to the men on top of the mountain is not only in the revelation of Jesus Christ as the Son of God, but that the men were told to listen to him. Listen to him. All of the things God could have said to the men on the mountaintop they were up there alone. They were surrounded by Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. God could have gone on and given quite a lesson. But all God needed to say 
is all we need to hear. Listen to him. The truth comes to us through Jesus Christ. Something worth mentioning about this passage is Peter's reaction when he sees Moses and Elijah on the mountaintop with Jesus. His first reaction is to build, to build, excuse me, <coughs> dwelling places for the three men so that they would have somewhere to stay. The idea behind that stems from the festival of the tabernacle that was celebrated in Jesus' time. The festival itself was a remembrance for the, for the exodus from Egypt. As the Jews were in the desert, every so often they would stop and the tabernacle would be built around the ark believed to house God. Peter wanted to make a holy place on the mountain, a place that to hold some permanence for these three holy men. Peter wanted to hold on to tradition of the past to keep Jesus, Moses, and Elijah where they were. We have a tendency to want to stay put in that way. Our first reaction to a lot of things is not to move, is not to allow anything to change. Like Peter, we want to know, we, we want to keep what we know and love in a dwelling place so that it can never be moved. Jesus' encounter on the mountaintop with Moses and Elijah reminds us that we have to keep moving forward. The holy men spoke about what was coming and that nothing could stop it and that it had to happen. Staying still and staying put in our traditions is like building dwelling places, keeping Jesus where only we can find him and keeping him from fulfilling the missions that he has for each of us. What we learn through the transfiguration is that Jesus is very clear about his mission, which is to continue the redemptive work of God that started with Moses to the very end times when we will see Elijah with Jesus again. The transfiguration of Jesus gives us a look into what is possible, not just for Christ or Christians, but for all humanity. As I was prepping this week, I was reminded of a story in a book that I saw once called Breathing Space. And it was about a pastor who had pastored a church in the Bronx in New York for about 20 years. When she first arrived, the church and the community were struggling Poverty and many other issues plagued the community, and the church kept its door shut tight to the world around it. Finally, after some time, the church decided to unclench a little and open their doors to the community, to meet the people where they were and to see what help they could be for the community. In those moments, that congregation experienced the transfiguration, a change that ensured that they would never be the same, a change that allowed the majesty and divinity of Jesus Christ to shine through them. 
Spirituality is not something that is meant to be a private experience, but one that gives us a glimpse into the unimaginable. What do you suppose Jesus is going to say to us when he returns to earth? He has left instruction, he has left us lessons of faithfulness, and yet time after time, we, and I'm not necessarily saying this congregation, I'm saying we, as a people, ignore his teachings. Time after time, we do not do as God commanded from the mountaintop. We are not listening to Jesus. We must listen to Jesus. Jesus told us that the greatest commandment was to love God with all of our hearts, minds, strength, and soul, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. All of the laws of the prophets come after love of God and love of neighbor. All of the laws of the prophets mean nothing without love of God and love of neighbor. Christ told us not to be so wrapped up in ourselves that we defile the earth with our thoughtless words. So often we feel we are working how Christ would have us work, but we're still so wrapped up in the flesh that we miss it. Even Peter, Jesus' beloved disciple, his rock, continually got in his own way with Christ. Because even Peter kept living and and thinking in the human realm, in the flesh, and not in the divine way. Until we love God fully and totally and put, the love, put that love above all things and love our neighbors as ourselves, we will continue to, continue to be of the flesh, setting our minds to human things, not divine things. A path paved with good intentions leads somewhere. A path paved with love and light and truth leads somewhere else. We need the resurrection of Jesus Christ in order to have our salvation, regardless of how quickly we learn to live in the kingdom of heaven. We still need that salvation. But perhaps the second greatest thing that Jesus has done for us is that he has given us the tools that we need. He has given us the lessons, the reminders, the strength to know what to do in certain situations and what we need to do to ensure that all of these little ones can come to him. We need to listen to him and follow his example and his instruction. This is the Son of God, the Beloved. Listen to him. Amen.